And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. Joining us today is Barry Prendival, who played his trade as a professional footballer at clubs such as Coventry, Hibs, Air United, St. Pat's, Oldham, Shelbourne and Shamrock Rovers. And he also represented Ireland at the European Football Championships. Barry, welcome to the big kickoff. Thanks very much, lads. Uh, thanks for, for asking me along. No, it's brilliant. We're delighted to have you in. Uh, Barry, the Under-16 Championships with Ireland, what do you remember about it? Did you play well and... Was that anything to do with your move to Coventry? Uh, well, I was under 16s. I was probably went to my first trial at under 14s. So okay. I went to, I was playing like, played for the GDSL uh, under 14s yeah. uh, after moving to Cherry Orchard from Hillcrest in Lucan. Um, and we were a very successful team very quickly. My first year we won the, uh, the treble uh, with Cherry Orchard under 14s, won the All Ireland Dublin Cup and then won the league as well. Yeah. Um, so that sort of put me on the map, I suppose. And you know, you know what scouts are like—they're all watching the same players. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I was starting to go on trials at that stage, um, and I went to Manchester United when I was fourteen. Uh, Can I ask you something? Yeah. Did Alex Ferguson come to your gaff? Yeah, he did. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Because I was telling him the story, going, "Oh, we were out messing one day," and then all of a sudden it was spreading like wildfire. Alex Ferguson now, Chris, and yeah, he's not. Yeah, yeah. He came over, yeah, and he was just having a chat. He came over to see myself, Stephen Carr. And Thomas Morgan at the time, yeah. So, uh, so that was that was a big mistake. And anyway, he wanted to sign me till I was eighteen, actually, till I was finished my leaving cert. So, I went to Coventry instead. I actually went over to sign for Man United, and um, I was just, I was quite homesick. I don't know. I just there wasn't, you know, I didn't get my head around moving yet. Really, I wanted to be a footballer, but uh, you know, the whole moving across to the UK, I wasn't really hundred percent about it, you know that way. So, yeah. um, and there was not many Irish lads there at the time. You know, and that probably would have kind of settled me down a little bit. But I uh, ended up coming home and not signing for them. And then I ended up signing for Coventry, which, which there was plenty of Irish lads, but I'm not sure if it was the right move. I suppose the thinking behind that would have been that um, that I would have got into the first team quicker. Yeah. You know what I mean? But really, you know, Coventry were under pressure so much. And I was on the bench for, the, for Coventry a few times against Liverpool and Southampton and, you know, various other, other games. But... Um, you know, I think if you went to somewhere like Man United, you probably would have been thrown at the end of the season after they won the title. Yeah. Uh, or you know, you were playing with such good players, you were you were always going to be looking better. It'd have been a great I mean? apprenticeship anyway. Yeah. Well, theory. yeah, you would have got. You would have. Well, I remember when somebody sent to me or from Man United at the time saying, "You can sign for uh, Coventry after you sign for Man United. Like if it doesn't work out, you know, you can go to Coventry. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. and that was probably true. Yeah. But I didn't come from a necessarily a footballing background. Um, obviously, I was a good footballer, but I didn't come from you know. So I wasn't coming from a football family. We were getting advice from people, but we were sort of winging it, really. To be honest, as, as a family, you know? how did you find that kind of the recruiting process? Obviously, attention from many clubs and yeah. many characters. That like was this was obviously over a couple of years. How how how, how yeah, did that? How did you find it? I mean, the first person that actually approached me was Noel McCabe, who brought uh, Roy Keane to, mm. and that was to go to Forest, uh, and uh, he was the fellow that brought Roy Keane over to Forest. Uh, but he was a Liverpool scout at that stage, you know what I mean? But well, he en ended up being a Liverpool scout, and he wanted me to go to Liverpool as well. But anyway, long story short, I ended up going to Coventry. Um, but European Championships. So I was going on trials before that. Mm. It wasn't really the what I remember about the European Championships. We, geez, I can't even remember how we did. I know that we played England. I can tell you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got beat. Did we get beat? Played three. Last three. Last three. Yeah, yeah. But it. it, it I think there might have been 16 no, I think there might have been a group of three as well but there was yeah. about 16 teams in I think right. was it Belgium Czechoslovakia beat us did they yes and England yeah beat us it was One tight day. though tight games I was playing actually centre forward 
Who was? I was playing centre forward. You were now? Yeah, yeah, I was playing centre forward. I was. I, I scored a few goals for Ireland under. Fi- I think it's under fifteen or sixteen. They put me up front, and I scored a hat trick against Northern Ireland, and I scored one against Finland. Uh, and it was John McGrath. Remember John McGrath? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, from Lucan, and uh, he was having sent. But I was. I was asked to sign for Southampton as a centre forward. Right. And Middlesbrough. I went over to Middlesbrough no as a centre forward. So. Uh, maybe I should have done that as well. Maybe you should have. <laughs> yeah, that's where the money is. That's where the money is. You know. So um, Cherry Orchard. Do you know what compensation they got for you? One hundred eighty thousand, I think. Ooh, yeah. Well, okay, it's that, 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 one hundred thirty-five thousand like sterling. Okay. okay. So okay. that's big money, then, isn't it? That was kind of that's I kind of have vague memories that that was one of the first ones where the compensation for well, the Irish was, clubs that it, was. You, you were the literally I was the guinea pig. The yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of it was kind of a weird one because it put me under pressure a little bit. Because yeah. Ron Atkinson was, uh, Atkinson was the manager. I, I signed for Phil Neal as, uh, as, as was at Coventry, you know, Liverpool's Phil Neal. And then um, Ron Atkinson became the manager. But, like, you know, he's kind of a, you know, obviously not brash personality, but a big personality, you know, that way. And he didn't have any problem saying, who's the, who's the young Irish lad that we're paying 200 yeah, grand for, yeah, you know, yeah, way, yeah. 150 grand for? But in fairness, like, I, I was playing the reserves at the time, U team in the reserves, and he, he saw me play, and I think he was reasonably happy, you know what I mean? It was a small money anyway. I mean, there was fellas on um, 30 grand a week, you know, McAllister and yeah. um, and Dion Dublin yeah. there. So, you know, really, I suppose, they probably still didn't want to pay the money, you know yeah. what I mean? But at the same time, you know, before that, it was like a couple of grand if the club was lucky and a bag of balls you know that way yeah. so um, it, it changed everything for the clubs really you know that way yeah, yeah, but no. it, I suppose at the time I didn't really appreciate it as in I didn't appreciate the fact that it was happening to me so when you went across how how did you feel did you feel as you said there's well, a bit it, of pressure it, but did you did you feel right now I'm a I'm a, a professional footballer and like were you focused on football or were you, did it distract you a lot well it didn't actually happen until I was over there you know, it didn't happen. It didn't happen initially yeah, when it. You know, it it happened when I was over there. I think I was over there a while, and then I'll, then Cherry Orchard. I don't know why they chose my situation to, or maybe Coventry didn't offer them enough, or they got together and went. You know, this is a high profile schoolboy player. You know, this is our chance to have a go at this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, I wasn't there at the time. I was in Coventry, and I was in Coventry quite a while, and I do remember sort of going. Oh my God! Uh, you know, I don't know how this is going to affect me. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You know, but but it, I suppose um, really what I know of English clubs is that the more they pay for you, the more they they uh, value you. I mean, if you if you take all the you know, schoolboy kids to go over to the UK, yeah, if they go for nothing, ten, you know, they treat you less. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. You know what I mean, so right. you're better off going over. That's why I I prefer lads going over older now. Okay, you know, I, I prefer them going over. At least nineteen, twenty. Play a little bit of League of Ireland, like Jay Carroll from Lucan here. Um, who else has gone over? You know, there's a few lads that are on that program that have gone over. They've either started the degree, not finished, it or finished the degree. Right. Conor O'Malley, who's just gone yeah. over to Peterborough. Yeah. Um, he was on our course as well. Right. Uh, uh, he 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 did a scholarship in Minute, but uh, yeah, he did his degree in pure mathematics. He's a qualified actually. He's gone over now, probably on a couple of grand a week, maybe fifteen hundred euro a week. Yeah. Okay, subkeeper from Peterborough, but he's a professional because he's been playing for two or three years for St. Pat's, yeah, yeah. and he's got his education, so it doesn't fall, it doesn't work out for him. He's laughing, you know. Training with Coventry, yeah, with probably decent players at the time. Oh yeah. yeah. What was that like well, for you at the time, and when you look back at it? Yeah, it was a Premier League club. You yeah. Know what I mean, so you're talking about Darren Huckabee, um, David Burrows, yeah. ex Liverpool. Um, 
is a Swedish right back, Roland Nielsen. Yeah, he played in three World Cups. Yeah, ah, some great Darren. You know, Darren probably said Darren Huckabee already. Like, uh, I don't know, What's the intensity like? Is it? Is it? Is yeah, it? Yeah. Well, Gordon Strachan became the manager after Ron Atkinson. Yeah. Um, and he was an intense character anyway. Yeah. He liked me as well because you know good work I think he gave me a couple of contracts when I was there okay. they weren't big contracts but like they were kept you on yeah kept kept me going I was making a decent level of living um, but yeah he was an intense character always very you know he came from Alex Ferguson's kind of um, mould uh, yeah. you know and Alex I played for Alex McLeish and uh, Alex Ver- uh, Gordon Strachan who both played for um, under, under Gordon Strachan mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so you know and the intensity of the training yeah, he made it very intense and playing under McLeish and Strachan um, you'd know that they pl- they worked under Ferguson because where, he's, where, he's an intense character. Yeah. Where was McLeish? That wasn't Hibbs. That was, was Hibbs, yeah. Was that Hibbs? Yeah, Hibbs. And you did all right? Left full? Yeah. No, I played right back. Yeah, right Hibbs. back, yeah, was it? Scored, uh, that was on loan when I was 21. I, I looked like I was going to play for Coventry and uh, Gordon Strachan pulled me. And I was about 21 and I worked really hard when I came home. Maybe about 20, 21. When I came home, I was I was really worked hard in the pre-season and I was thinking, right, this season I have to do it. You know what I mean? I'd been... Doing well in the reserves, doing okay, but I said, listen, I want to do it now. You know, that way yeah. I'd seen, I'd been there a couple of years, I got over the homesickness, and I said, I need to do it. So I went back in pre um, season flying, you know, that way. So, uh, and then Roland Nielsen went down injured, actually. Uh, and, I, and, I, and we were playing West Ham on Saturday. I can't remember, it was about in September time. Uh, and I got a, I was gorgeous tracking a chat with me, and he said, listen, you could play on a Saturday yeah. against West Ham. And I was like, right, here we go. Like, you know, that way. So, but uh, by the Wednesday, they bought a fella called Mark Edward, Edward Edworthy from uh, from Crystal Palace for I think it was a million and a half, two million. So that was that. And by the Friday, I was at Hibs on loan. And I <laughs> oh, and, I, and I was and I played. So what was the talker though? Uh, you know when he's talking to yeah, you, that you might he, be. I suppose the, the just the preparation, the was, just the in money case. Was there, the money was there, and he might not fancy me as a player. He might not have thought I had the you know mentally had it like you know. But then I went up to Hibs and did really well. You know that way. So. You know, look, and uh, you know, is it true that Hibs just couldn't afford it, or what was? Uh, yeah, so that that's when the money for the Cherry Orchard money came came into play. So right. I think Coventry were looking for their money back. Yeah, um, I think they looked for one hundred eighty thousand. When I'd never played for the first team, which and like like back to saying guys were on thirty forty grand a week there, and he they were looking for one hundred fifty grand for me. You know that way. So uh, one hundred eighty grand. But so it kind of affected my career because I was going really well. We so they were actually in the first division at the time, uh, Hibs, but we went on a on a on a run. For the time I was there, we went on a run, an unbeaten run of I think twelve games, thirteen games, and they went from like fourth struggling, fourth or fifth struggling in the first division, and they ended up winning at that league that year. Right. And I left to go back to Coventry at Christmas, right. in, in around Christmas time. This because this is something I found last night. This is uh, foot.ie. It's just a forum, and uh, Prendival came up. All right, and they're talking about you going. Uh, he says. This is my sources, and it has in brackets, okay, my dad told me that he played one game for air, which is an absolute stinker at left back, mm-hmm. which also, which also the position he played at Hibs, which is wrong, obviously, yeah. fell out with the manager who was even more unpleasant than Murphy and got homesick and ended back up in Dublin. How true is that? Yeah, well, I just, um, <laughs> what happened at Coventry then after that, like when I went back, obviously, if, if I was more experienced, uh, you know, uh, I would have just gone in and told Gordon Strachan I was gone. I would have said, "Make it happen. I'm yeah. gone. I'm gonna get me bags and I'm gone." If I like, you know, if I was 28 or 25, yeah. But I was 20, 21. I didn't. I'd never been transferred from anywhere before. 
I didn't really know how the, how the thing worked really, you know. There wasn't agents around flying around much then either. Mm-hmm. You know, there was starting to come in. Maybe if you were a top player, you had an agent, but the young fellas at Coventry certainly didn't have an agent, you know what I mean? So yeah. I wasn't being advised. Um, yeah, so where was I? Yeah. So you went the air thing, you kind of... Yeah, yeah. So well, I went back to, uh, to, to Coventry and then Gordon Strachan wanted me to go to Dundee United. And uh, Dundee, I think, he was trying to get me up to Scotland again. And I was a little bit like, well, I'm not going. You have to ruin the last one I, 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 I did. And then they end up leaving, uh, letting a load of the Irish fellas go, a load of fellas go of, of my age group. And I'd sort of uh, stayed at Coventry longer than all of my age group. You know, so there's yeah. a group of 20 players to your age group, to the U team or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I was the last one there. But say there was myself, Willie Boland, yeah. um, Colin Hawkins... Uh, Gavin O'Toole, Lorcan Costello, all these players. But there was a group of other players there that were probably English youth internationals and stuff like that as well. But he ended up letting us all go. Right. After looking for the money for me, you know, not just let you it. go for free. Yeah, just let us go then. Um, and so there was I had a few options uh, at the time, but Air United actually came up with like huge money for me. And I was thinking Scotland, and I was thinking what well, a small club club in Scotland, I'll do well, maybe you know. But I mean, uh, I don't know if you know Air United, do you? Well, I, I know them, of them, I yeah. know them little, very it's little. It's a West probably. of Scotland club, and I'm not sure if they like Celtic that much. Oh, right. it's, okay. it's, one, of, it's right. one of them. But I only, I only, I only realised that when I that. went there. Right. And then the manager was ex-Rangers, right. Gordon, Gordon DL, and I was kind of going, right, okay. And I, look, look, I just it was just a very, very small club. They offered me good money, and I just went for it. It was a, it was a mistake. Yeah. And, and I suppose I tried to then come home and... Uh, you know, I suppose you know, make up for that mistake and get back into the League of Ireland, which I did do. Which I did, uh, and you yeah. you went to Pats for half a season yeah. and a decent, I think, for fifteen games would be right, yeah. and that led back to Oldham. So how did yeah. that happen? Yeah, so when I was playing for really well for Pats, it was probably at the stage of my career where I felt like I could do, I could play against anybody. Yeah, you know. I sort of gone over the disappointment of did Pats give you the confidence back? Or? Yeah, we just training with Amy Collins. Uh, and Pat Dolan was the manager. Mm. Um, I was training with Amy Collins, and um, yeah, like it was like you were home. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like a home playing with your local team then, with your mates. It wasn't your mates. They were still saying Pat's was still you know high level here, but you know, a manager that uh, coaches that loved you gave you a lot of encouragement. And I suppose I, I'd had a major disappointment, so I felt free then. Do you know what I mean? Just go and play yeah. that way. So, and I was really really fit. So we were playing against West Ham. I don't know if uh, you've seen that friendly, but they beat us 1-0. Ferdinand and that was playing. We had a load of like top players playing uh, at that time. Um, and we, we they beat us 1-0, but I was flying in that game. Um, and then I, I heard that Southampton and Blackburn were interested in me at the time. Right. But, you know, you wouldn't. You, I was hearing it from people that were working in the office at the club, right. but I wasn't hearing anything from the manage, management. You know that way. So would you probably was. Would you have heard that kind of thing before, though? What do you mean? Like at different clubs, would you have heard that, those rumours? Yeah, yeah. And there's always a little bit of truth in them. There okay. probably has been a phone call, or yeah. well, you're not being told about it, and uh, what have you. They're waiting for the hundred grand rather than just to let you go for yeah. a ten or whatever. You know that way. So, um, but a fellow called Pat, uh, Pat Willis. Who brought me over to Oldham when I was a ch- when I was you know fifteen? Yeah, uh, he approached me and I said, "Listen, do you want to go back over to Oldham? We still had a connection there." So I ended up going back over to Oldham, doing really well, and they gave me a contract. You know, yeah, and you got instead two years there. So yeah, yeah. Um, did you enjoy that standard? 
Oh yeah, like that's a good standard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Josh when you compare when you compare that star- standard to the League of Ireland standard that you you played yeah. in, how does it compare? Um like it's a lot more like a lot more teams obviously the, yeah. the leagues are bigger um more physical uh teams fitter um, would they be I think the top end you probably could take the top end of the league of Ireland probably the top four or five teams probably three or four teams maybe and they would do all right in those leagues but okay. it's also grueling seasons over there yeah, you know yeah, compared yeah. to over here but look it is it, league of Ireland is a higher standard of football than people give it credit for yeah for sure you know yeah. so um, there's a lot of fellas that are good players that can't manage to get into League of Ireland teams when they come back home. Yeah. Um, and thankfully I did. You know what I mean? But but Oldham was Oldham, Oldham was great. Like uh, I was playing with play, uh, Lee Duxbury. Yeah. Um, it was former Man United. Yeah, yeah, Man United, and then and then John Sheridan was there. Darren Sheridan. And John you know. and John went on to manage the club twenty five yeah. times. Yeah. Then after yeah, that, yeah, I think. Didn't yeah, he? that's right. Huh? John, he he's just... a good bloke, though. He's, you know, he he really um, his dad's from I think Paddy Fairmont. Uh, is he from Paddy Yeah, and, okay. and he really kind of sees himself as Irish, where yeah. his brother didn't, you know, it was a bit of a weird one, you know. But John was, John was a good guy, but like crazy on the pitch. I mean, but that era was, you couldn't get away with anything. As in, if you did something wrong, They're you were absolutely, I'm talking about slated personally. But yeah. after it, like, like oh, how you, how you Barry Hills things, you know what I mean? So like it never happened. On the pitch is on the pitch. It, it was, yeah, but I suppose you would be like that as well a little bit, but they were like just... Mental. You know, oh, crazy! Him and his brother, but I think it was an era thing as well. You know, where they were when they were younger, that would have happened to them. So they were just going to bring it on a little bit. Which you wouldn't bit? see that now. You know, with all the foreign players, they're no. all going to kiss each other. Yeah, yeah, you know, right? they probably break down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, out of all your football, because you came back to Pats and you had a really good spell with Pats then, and uh, I think you only played a couple of games with Rovers. Out of all your football, which which period did you enjoy the most? Um. To be honest, I, I kind of, uh, I, I suppose probably that Pat's era. You know what I mean? That Pat's era where, like, you know, where I, I felt like I could play against anybody. Okay. And I thought I was that fit. And uh, and then when I went over to Oldham, I felt the same. What happened was I had a couple of injuries at Oldham. Um, I, I got a bang on the side of the knee, which was out for a few weeks. Right. And I was flying when I went there. And absolutely flying. felt just probably the first team. I, I, I just do, maybe scoring goals from right back, whatever you want me to do. Went straight into the first team when I got there. And, um, yeah, so I got a bang in the knee. And then it was it was bone bruising. So my the ligament on my knee was flicking over the side of my of the bone. So that, yeah. I was out for a few weeks with that. And then there was uh, some sort of foot and mouth thing. And then there was a few weeks there that, that there was no games on. I don't know if you remember that. And then... Uh, I went straight into the first team when I came back and we were playing against Peterborough in the FA Cup and uh, I was marking your man Jason Lee I remember Jason yeah, Lee yeah pineapple and I, I was playing centre half and I was everything I was beating like in the air all the time playing fantastically well the winners of that were going on to play Chelsea right. in, in the next round but right at the end of the game um, I felt like someone threw something out of the crowd and hit me in the back of the leg but it's actually my, the attachment on my hamstring oh, snapped no. So and I was out for three or four months with that and I'd only signed a year contract, you know, so I was thinking, because the contract wasn't great, you know, yeah. way, so I was thinking, do a year, you know, play a good year, and they'd give me a, pro, you know, a decent contract, but uh, that, that you know, obviously, my, that put me on the back foot then. I was there for most of the season then, after yeah. doing really well, and I was flying fit as well. Yeah. Um, and then I played the last seven games, actually, Stoke, Graham Cavanaugh was in those last seven games, but he gave me another year contract. All right. And then what happened was, Andy Ritchie was the manager at the time, right, ex-man United, Ritchie, you know. Yeah. And uh, 
liked me as, as a player, was always put me in when I was available. Uh, and then I signed a contract to say if I played 12 games in the first team, I think it was 12 games, it might have been 15, that I got a new contract, right? So I was thinking, you know, okay, start the season, get a, get a proper contract. So I think we're about we're about uh, 10 games in. And I'm playing. I've played all the ten games. Right. Andy, Andy, you Richie think this got, is a shoe? I know where this is going. <laughs> Andy, Andy, Andy Winchie gets a sack. Ah, oh, no. Andy Winchie gets a sack, right? And then uh, a fellow called Chris Moore came with a load of uh, chairman came with a load of money. He some sort of digital swiping t- company he owned, and he had millions, you know. And uh, so he got rid of the manager. And then a fellow called Mick Wad- Wadsworth came in. I don't. Know, he used to be Southampton, I think. I don't, you know? I don't remember the name. Yeah. And then he came in and he looked at my contract and never played me again. Oh, that is a... <laughs> I, know. I know. It's I know. not surprising yeah. either. It happens a lot. Yeah. He's one game left down. And yeah. ironically enough, well, yeah, we can't say we can't say live, but remember we had a guest here, something similar last year. He was one game short and all of a sudden he didn't play in the team again. We'll leave yeah. it at that. Yeah, look, like that's football. And, and you, know, you, you know, you can look back and kind of go, because I know I was a good player. Do you know what I mean? I know that I was a dedicated player and fast and strong and I could pass the ball. Um, so, you know, sometimes you're that close. You're that close. You know. What I, mean? I suppose that's the big thing about football, us kind of mere mortals sitting back watching it and we think it's easy. You play well, you get in the team. Yeah, but there is much, really. much more to it. Yeah. There is a background, there is a business, there is money involved. and There is, like, personalities as well. Yeah. People have to I like I don't like you. the guy, so a I'm not a playing. A manager might like you, he might not like you, he might yeah. think you're mentally able for it, he might, he might think you're, you know, whatever. You know, there could be a financial situation like my one just there. Yeah. You know, you just, you just don't know, you know. Yeah, you just so know. easy. You finished up, you signed for Shamrock Rovers, you finished up for, well, reasons that Britain kind of really stated, but was it because you were looking to financially? No, I tell you, um, I had an ankle operation um, at Pats. Well, I had, went over an ankle badly at Shelburne. Yeah. And I never really recovered from that properly. Um, I was playing at Pats, signed for Pats with that ankle problem, and I had an operation then eventually on the, on the ankle. And uh, it didn't help. Yeah. So I was kind of popping anti-inflammatories just right. to just to be able to train. And I went into the summer league then. Right. So you had harder ground. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. you know, we were training up in Selvich and the ground wasn't great. And, and, and then I had a dodgy ankle. I was thinking, oh, well, I want to be able to run around with my kids when I'm older. You know what I mean? yeah. So when I was kind of late 20s, 30. And then I went to Shamrock Rovers and um, Pat Scully was the manager. And he was training like five or six days a week. Right. And I was kind of going, right, well, I want to wind down here. Yeah. Maybe looking to do something else. Uh, and But he was, um, Pat wanted the lads training five days a week, like five or six days a week, and a match. You know, uh, the first day I was there, the first couple of we- weeks that we were there, we played against Galway. And then we did a, a, an hour and a half session after the match. Because we lost, they, got, they lost the game. That was my first game. Do you know what I mean? So he was... He's a good manager, but he was, you know, intense. Intense. Very intense. Um, and I probably didn't need that at that stage. I need someone to, like, say, listen. Because, like, I always took care of myself anyway. Yeah. You know, I probably needed someone to go, listen, train on Tuesday, have a light session Thursday. You wanted to be Friday. Paul McGrath. Well, well I'm <laughs> but No, but I just want someone to take care of me. I yeah. needed someone to take care of me at yeah, that stage. Yeah, you know, yeah. right? So, uh, right, we'll, uh, we'll take a break, and then we'll come back after this, and we'll talk about where you've gone from there. Yeah, we'll be, thank you. You're listening to Liffey Sound on 96.4 FM. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. Barry, you finished football, then P-Mount and Bally Ulster came in. Is that what came next? Uh, 
I'll tell you, I, I sat at home for a year. Uh, I was a little bit depressed, really. I was like, you know, obviously, after having your full, you know, was my career in yeah. that way. And you're kind of going, well, what do I do now? I had a few, you know, I had some money put away. And uh, I was after moving in with a girl, you know, we had some, we had some small children. I can't remember the time and all, but now, anyway, yeah. we, Ross, I don't think Ross was born, but... Um, but anyway, we were living in the house together, so I didn't do anything for a year, and I was looking into doing other things. To be honest with yeah. you, I tried a couple of things out, you know, postman, <laughs> a few different things, just to have a look. You know what I mean? To see what yeah, I worked in Remax, I think, for a few weeks, and uh, tried a taxi in as well. Oh, right. Uh, so I'm just seeing what I was going to do for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? So. Sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> and did it? But uh, yeah, P Mountain Valley Ulster. Oh yeah. So I, did, I, I, wait, did you worry? Um, about at any stage, yeah, but the future, yeah, because what I was going to do with the rest yeah. of my life, you know that way. So I bought a few properties when I was playing. Okay, uh, so that was a good thing, you know that way. So um, it was an interest I had to keep them going. So it was sort of half a business, quarter of a business, I suppose. But um, then I, Jim Crawford, the under eighteen manager, you know Jim, yeah, I for, do know. He's played for uh, Shelburne and Reading. Um, he's he asked me to go over to Fairhouse, and. Uh, I got a phone call. I was like, well, that kind of pet me up a little bit. You know, I hadn't done the coaching thing yet. Yeah. I hadn't done the managing thing yet. So I was kind of going, okay, well, maybe. You know what I mean? I've got a lot of experience and, you know, I'd be whatever. But then um, I was living in Selbridge and I was speaking to Richie Bailey. You know Richie Bailey? Yeah. Uh, he used to play for Shamrock Rovers and he's involved, he was involved with Bally also for a while. So why don't you come up to us? And then I was offered similar, you know, just a you know, a bit of expenses, you know, it was yeah. similar to what Fairs were talking. Yeah. So I, yeah. I said, you know, I'll go up and I had a good time there, to be yeah. honest with you. It was good. They'd never done anything really. They had never done had great success. So the only way was up. Yeah. And we, we, we actually did really well. And yeah. I enjoyed it. it was local. The facilities were really good. So it just it suited me at the time, you know. So Yeah. And so when did uh, how did you end up in Minute? Was there any connection there or was that just Well a bit look? Uh, after doing trying out the other jobs, you know, I realised well actually what I'm good at and what I like doing is yeah. football. Um and so I, I I ended up getting, you know, my qualifications, coaching badges and stuff like that in around that time and stuff like that as well. And and um, I was going for FAI jobs. You know, so I went for three or four jobs in the FAI. I didn't get them, but I was getting better at the interviews, you know, because I've yeah. been in it, two interviews, you know, and I was getting better at the interviews as I was going along. And um, the Minute one came up, and uh, luckily I got that one, you know, and it was just, I think it was meant to be, you know, that way, yeah. because it was local to me. It was five, five or 10 minutes away from the house, yeah. um, and I wasn't partic particularly well paid, right. you know, but I was in a job, you know, I had an Unhappy. office. I had an office, and I was, you know, Going, I was going somewhere, you know, rather than nowhere, you know. So, so what? What is the job? What's the course, and what? What is it looking to achieve? Well, it's not really a course as such. Uh, it's a university. Yeah. Obviously, Minute University. Uh, we have, um, you know, science, business, business management. We don't have any sports courses. Okay. Not yet, anyway. But it's a it's a It's a big university with you know a thousand staff. 1200 students yeah it's, it's a big university um but there's no soccer course okay what they do is they do a degree uh in whatever they want um and then they are on soccer scholarship so they okay. you know we give them some funding depending on what they've done and um, they get a 60 point concession of their cao uh if they get over 300 points okay so they have to get a minimum of 300 points or else they'd probably struggle in university yeah um, but once they get over the 300 points we can give them the 60 point concession. So if okay. they have, uh, for uh, the course they want to do is 400 points and they get 340, they get in and can do that do that course. And I suppose it just acknowledges the fact that they've put so much, so much time into the football. Yeah. Um, 
so we train like say probably certainly once a week but they're, they're probably playing with the league of Ireland clubs as well okay yeah, so yeah, yeah. we train once or twice a week and uh we play in the college and university football league and then we play in the collingwood as well um which is after christmas you know but that's just the men's you know okay. there's the women's as well they play in separate uh well the college and university football league but they play in say i think called the intervarsities which is their cup competition yeah, yeah, in yeah, a way so yeah. What we're trying to achieve is to. So it's know, not far off the, the soccer scholarships in America, I suppose. Yeah, is it, it is. But, you know, the finances would be fairly different, you know, from what I've, I've spoken to people in the States, you know, um, they cover people's full, yeah. you know, tuition, all that sort of. It could be worth up to 50,000, could be 20,000, whatever they're offering to the kids when they go over. But we, we don't, you know, in Ireland, they don't, we, you know, nobody has the sort of money. Maybe UCD might be able to pay. You know, one or two of the soccer people's full tuition, full uh, accommodation, all that. But there's not many other people in Ireland that are doing that. Um, but still, we have a very strong program. We've attracted some great players over the years. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sean Hoare, Jamie McGrath, Conor O'Malley, Fudd Sewell, who's now playing for Barnet, um, um, Paul Rooney, who's playing for Colchester, um, Jake, who's playing for Jake Carroll from Lucan, who's playing for uh, Cambridge now. So you know, we have we have four players currently in the UK that. That have come through our program. Two of them have finished their degree, but only one of them has. Uh, sorry, and two of them didn't. But they they came for, to us for a year. But there's been great other players as well, and we've been successful enough as well. You know, because there wasn't a great tradition of soccer in university. Yeah. You know, there was. Um, I th- there was a couple of. There was a, just about two teams, the men's and the women's. But now we would have four four men squads, two lady squads, and. Uh, which is, you know, there's plenty of soccer going on, internal leagues, internal... Yeah, I'm sorry, and in relation to, would you actively recruit players yourselves, yeah, yeah. or is it very much kind of like, would League of Ireland clubs look at one or two guys and, and, um, and kind of recommend? Way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, do, I have that as well. Obviously, yeah. we, we have a link with St. Pat's. Yeah. Um, the reason why... I, well, what happened was, when I came in, I kind of looked at it and I said, well, UCD are the, are the main men. Benchmark, uh, yeah. And how are we going to go from being sort of also runs to... Um, competing with them and I just thought well the link with the university link with St. Pat's would be a great way of getting players in uh, that are a certain quality in a way so mm-hmm. if you get three or four of them every year by the third year of the cycle or fourth year you got like a full squad of them nearly you know what I mean and you're going to have other players that are good players in the university too so and that's what happened you know way we, we, we got good players in like that you know that way so uh, and we've been reasonably success- successful you know that way so. yeah uh, so how would you encourage people to come on to the to, to look and seek uh, the yeah. soccer scholarship? Why would why why should they? Well, the most important thing is that they get an education. You yeah. know, I suppose I'm really passionate about that. You know, after being through the whole process of, you know, underage international professional player, I've seen the League of Ireland, I've seen it in the UK, I've seen Scotland, and I've seen, I, I've been through the whole thing. Um, so, from my experience, if I had my time again. I would, I was offered a UCD scholarship and I would have taken it if I had my time again because yeah. go when you're more mature, go when you're 20, 21, yeah. you're getting offered a proper contract, you know, they're going to value more, you've played a, a few League of Ireland games, so you're a man rather yeah. than a boy going over there yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like the most important thing is to get the education and I suppose they're coming out of school, they have the momentum uh, so with the studying, so you know, go and do it. By the time you're 21, you have it done. You know. So you think now the League of Ireland avenue is a more attractive uh, league yeah. to look at 
rather than as you said jumping across at 14 15 16 yeah and now i know there is some people who are lucky who go across and but mm. the higher percentage wouldn't yeah but if you look at all the fellas that are playing for ireland now or have done in the last four yeah. or five years the wes Houlihan's, yeah keith fahey uh ford the goalkeeper ward i played against all the in the league of ireland yeah um and some will have an education some will haven't you know what I mean? But I would be encouraging all the guys before they all go over to the UK to get their education because it's such such a tough industry. Yeah. Such a tough, you know. I mean, I was a good player, you yeah. know, and, and uh, there's lots of good players around, but, you know, it's really hard to make it. And you can make it. There's different levels of making it. You know, I made, I, I, I played professional football for 12 years. Yeah. The average, I think, is four years. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. You know, because they're dropping out at 17, they're dropping out at 18, 20, 21. So, you know, and then there's making it like Roy Keane you're like Roy Keane's you know multi-millionaire he never yeah. had to worry about money again yeah. you know what yeah. I so there's different levels of making it um, and it's very hard to make it really the f- to, a f- to, to become a full international to to never have to worry about money yeah. again well, so, we, we had Connor Masterson was in with us yeah, yeah. and again he's one of the lucky ones because yeah. he's obviously really fancied by yeah. Liverpool and what have you and the contract and, he's been given and he's settled already, yeah. yeah he's settled now yeah. so whether he doesn't make it or not mm. it doesn't make a difference yeah, now, so now he can go back. Yeah. but it doesn't work out obviously well, like that for everyone I would say he's a He's the in, in the two or three percent there, you know that way, yeah. rather than the rest, you know that way. So, uh, you're the manager of Manute Town, yeah, and well, Manute University Town, University Town, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't say Manute without saying University. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the Leinster Senior League, mm. so what what are the connections between the club and the university? Um, well, what happened was, uh, as I said, we have a lot, a lot of League of Ireland players coming in to play on a scholarship program. So what I was noticing was that just because they're coming into us as League of Ireland players, they weren't staying League of Ireland players. So within a year or 18 months, they were dropping out of the League of Ireland thing. Yeah. You know, so they were still good players. I still needed them for the for the programme, you know. Yeah. So uh, I said to myself, well, how are we going to keep an eye on these guys, you know, and keep them fit? Give them regular football. Yeah, keep them fit. Uh, and what happened was it just coincided with uh, Manu Town going into the intermediate football for the first time. Yeah. And I sort of was looking for that and I had a conversation with the manager, I had a conversation with the club and we were like, you know, this makes sense in yeah. a way. And so basically anybody that's not playing League of Ireland that's on the scholarship programme has to play for our, our, our Lenses Senior League team, which is, and it's working out quite well, you know. It's, it hasn't been easy and there, there was opposition from within Manu Town, you know, and yeah. the university, you know. So, look, you know, but it's worked out, you know, I suppose the best way to answer these questions or critics is that just to be successful, you know, so. And I suppose in relation to guys who have dropped out of the League of Ireland and obviously we, were, we alluded to America there, is there like any links or would you just kind of go up against any of these college guys before or is there anything like that where there's a potential avenue for them to go over that way? To the States? Yeah. Well, I'm not encouraging them to go to the States because no. I want to stay, I don't want to stay here, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, yeah. look, I'm But sure. is there any kind of guys sniffing around that kind of thing from the States coming over? Yeah, you know, I, I do hear, but I think they contact the players directly maybe, yeah. you know, they wouldn't be contacting me because I'm doing my own thing. You know, we're doing our own thing, we're, we want to keep them here, we yeah. want to be successful, we want to keep the best players here. You know, there's one or two, actually one of the lads, uh, an Owen Highland, um, won the Collingwood with us actually in 2014. He um, he went over to the States. Um, you always get one or two, you know. But a lot of fellas are happy to stay at home, you know that way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, but yeah, look, I mean, there's potential over there. But a lot of them go over to the states and are, don't like it. Yeah, I've heard of the girls on our, on our thing on, on our uh, program have gone over and they they're offered this and offered that and they get over there they they think get me home way, and so. plus a lot of them are in the middle of nowhere and it's not kind yeah, of the bright exactly. lights of big city that exactly. you might think in the states yeah, you're exactly. literally it's a it's a it's a backwater they're yeah. in you know exactly. way, and they're disappointed with that you know so um, we'll talk about your cup run with Minute just want to talk about your pitch. It's an astro pitch. Mm-hmm. It looks small. It is small, yeah. It is. It is small, it isn't is small. it? It's. It's. Uh, I just got. The, I know it's it, regulation. It's regulation. So just it's, about. Yeah. Well, it's 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 approved by FAI. You know, yeah. So. It's just that the fence yeah. is really close to it. So yeah. I said maybe it's not as small, but yeah. it is. It is. Yeah. But well, we we are, we are. Um, there's plans for new sports facilities in, in the university, and uh, and new all where the soccer pitch he's got. Yeah. Uh, from what I'm told, anyway. So uh, and. Uh, Would you rather be on the grass than the astro? Um, not not necessarily. I think the great thing about the Astros is that you're guaranteed your football matches yeah. or not. You know what I mean? So you yeah. know, I don't know how many times we've had matches. We've have a back, we've a backlog of matches uh, this year. You know, obviously we've, we've twelve games left uh, in the league, mm. uh, but it's not because of our games being off. Yeah. You know, everybody's had a grass pitch. I can count six or seven weeks that we've had games off. Yeah, uh, and it's not our fault. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. would you be for a summer league, or are you happy with the way the league is at the moment? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure if that would be a hard one to push on, I think, Leinster Senior League and Monster Senior League. Especially for you, because half of your lads would be gone then, yeah, wouldn't they? Well, no, because... Oh, well, they're supposed to play in the league. Well, they would be, yeah. They yeah. would be, yeah, I suppose, yeah. To, to, a great, to a degree. Yeah, yeah look, I don't know, I'm not sure. I suppose the fact that all of the rest of soccer is becoming a summer league, yeah. really, yeah. in the League of Ireland stuff and, and the Women's National League stuff and, uh, and even some of the other leagues. And most School of the other leagues, leagues, actually, yeah. yeah, they're all gone. Uh, so they might have to do. Yeah. They might have to do. It wouldn't bother me, to be honest. Which <laughs> yeah, the brilliant two-one victory over Dublin Bus in the semi-final, the Intermediate Cup, yeah. uh, and a huge day out for you now in the Aviva, yeah. especially yeah. for it. It, it, it. It's big for you because you're bringing that success to the town. Yeah. It's also big to, to the town because they've yeah. never had that before. Yeah, so exactly, yeah. it must be huge for the club, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, massive. We're delighted. Um, well, you know that was the plan to, to do well. I mean, to, look, the priority is to get to the top division. Yeah, you know that's that's the priority. Uh, but you know we've had a great run in this, and I'm saying to the players, the priority is to get up to the top division and get get promotion this year. Hopefully, yeah. you know, um, it's not going to be easy. But um, we've got this day to look forward to. I'm looking forward to it. And look, look, you know, it's great the run we've been on and to, to win the semi final, win the quarter final. The run we've been on it's fantastic for the for for the club, and they'll be. It'll bring all the schoolboys and schoolgirl players out from a new town and everything yeah. like that, and all the locals will come out. But I suppose if you don't win it on the day, you know, I've been to cup finals where you've lost. I've been to plenty of cup finals where I've won, but, uh, you know, it's all about doing it on the day. It's the extremes, isn't yeah, it? There's yeah. the highs and extreme Look, lows if you don't win it's it. Great. It's a good achievement, but, you know, if you don't win, you know, it's the worst place to be mm. on a cup final day yeah. is, is in a losing dressing room yeah. in that way. But so you've got to make sure you win, you know, yeah. that's the main thing. Is, the, is that a problem now, though? Is that going to be a distraction for your, the league? Not really. I mean, we've, we've had a meeting about that already, you know. Yeah. Well, well, I've got to make sure that it's not, you know, yeah. as a manager I've got to, and, and coaches, we have to make sure that it's not. And, and the players have to make sure that it's not, you know, we have to keep focused. It won't be easy. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be easy to get up in this division. Um, it's, it's by no means done. What's the standard of Leinster Senior League like? It's good. I think there's a lot of players that um, could be playing League of Ireland but don't want to play League of Ireland. So yeah. we, ha- we certainly have a couple of them. I know there wouldn't be a, a few of them in Lucan. From mm. when I, I look at Lucan, you know, 
don't want to name any names, but you know, there's fellas that I'd say definitely could be playing League of Ireland, but just don't want to play League of yeah, Ireland. They probably yeah. don't want to travel around the country for fifty euro for a little, week. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? exactly so. it. That's exactly it. Uh, right, I'm gonna just we're gonna finish off. But I wanted to talk about when you walk into a club or to a team or whatever. What's the first thing you look to change in or organise? Um, I think uh, when you. You're talking about when I walk into a dressing room? No, just into it. So, so when you walked in, say, Minute, right. or you walked into, say, Ballyoster back then, what was the first thing that you said, right, this is my basic thing. I need to get this sorted to build the foundations of what I need to do. Well, my teams and, you know, anything that I'm involved with, you know, obviously fitness, organisation and professionalism. Okay. If you, if you get those, you know, and that, you know, that's taken out of, the equation talent and and all that sort of stuff but if you're if you're organized and you're fit and you're professional you've got a chance you know what i mean you've got a chance you've given yourself a chance if, if you if you don't have those things you know in my opinion you know you've no chance you know what i mean yeah. they're basic building blocks of success and then you're talking about talent and getting talented players in and you know what people can do and you know how where they can play they're, they're the little things but if you get if you get professionalism uh, what do I say? Professionalism, organisation and fitness. Yeah. yeah. They're the main things. And when you get out onto a football pitch, what's the first thing you organise? So in your training, you're saying, right, well, this is what I need to do with a team. What's the first thing you need organized, to do? So just organise. Yeah, so I mean, does I'll, that mean organise from the back? I'm not, oh, do I have to give you my little... Uh... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm curious to see yeah, what yeah. way you well, would... Because I, I, it's, not, it's not exactly giving away secrets or anything. Yeah. It's just about how would you organise your team? Are, are you looking purely just... Let, let's get them fit... Uh, I know coaches that straight away will say, I need to organise the back line straight away because I need to make sure we don't concede goals. Yeah, well, I mean, I, w- I would say I don't really organise the back line. What I'd say is that... A group. As, you know, I would like to get us... I, I set us up in a way that we don't concede easily. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, if you've got a bit of pace in your team, you're always going to, you know, a solid, a solid base yeah. is where I'd be coming from. And then, you know you're trying to get a bit of talent into the team that's going to create something for you yeah so uh, uh, that's what i always come come with if if we're solid we don't concede you know um and organ- like, like i said organized you know set all those things all the little details but um yeah okay. so so we normally give out uh, uh, there's three questions the big three we call up and i'm not going to go through the whole three because that'll take too long but there's one that we give out so it's like like card and this one's called the under my skin card is there anything in football that really gets under your skin, that really bothers you and, and you wish wasn't there? Um, I think with the young players, like really young players uh, in the schoolboy clubs now, I think parents are so... I think there's unrealistic kind of expectation on young players and yeah. it's been put on them by their parents. I think they should just let them play. Yeah. I was lucky like that. I didn't come from a football background and in that way, my dad didn't really put me under pressure. You know yeah. what I um, my uncle was my uncle uh, John was lived on the same road as me. He was a scout. He was in, he kind of into the football a little bit more. But yeah, I think parents, um, you know, pushing people, you know, the chances of making it, yeah, are minuscule, yeah. minuscule. I'm talking about if you're in an academy, it's it's less point than point five of a percent. If mm. you're working, if you're in an academy, yeah, in, in the UK, you know, this is you know, and their academy, you know, what they're doing over there is far beyond what we're doing. But like, and then so there's these unrealistic. All their eggs are in the one basket with their son, where they really should be saying, "Listen, go and enjoy it." You know, the chances they should know the chances of them making it is so small. And even people that are leaving the country here at fourteen, fifteen, six, they should be sat down and told, you know, 
you know hopefully have a career but you know go and enjoy it get an education and if and if the career, and the football works out great yeah. because the chances of you making it is, yeah. is tiny you know what I mean so further emphasises the yeah. course that you provide at the well, moment well yeah I mean not just ours you know yeah I mean? of but course I'm just talking about getting some sort of education if it's not uh, if it's not academic do a uh, do uh, an apprenticeship and is the player welfare say from when you first went over is it a lot different than say a guy going over now no is it very much it's all about the football it's not a case of right we'll give you a little bit of a background is it very much you're there to play and that's the end of it well, you're I, either good I, enough I, or you're not I met with a guy called Stephen Gray he used to play for Southampton and now he's uh, he's coaching Shamrock Rovers but he, he called up to me the other day in Minute, and he wants to put something together for young players going away as an advice to say you know, because there's guys, there's guys going. There's nobody sitting them down, sitting them down from the FAI mm. or anywhere. I'm not criticizing the FAI, but anywhere to say, listen, this is the chances for you. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. what. Of course, you want. You think you're going to make it, and you should think you're going to make it. You should hope you're going to make it. But these are the reality. This is the reality of the situation. Yeah. In a way, so um, I suppose parents that you know are putting all their eggs in the one basket with their son hopefully that they're going to make and everything's going to be alright for the family you know that shouldn't be the case the boys should be playing for fun Yeah, um, well, we that see, would be a pet hate we see that a lot up and uh, obviously I'm with Luke and United yeah. a long long time but we see that an awful lot where parents are nearly they're more upset than anyone yeah. than the kids mm. and if their son isn't playing yeah. And even if it's, it mightn't even be A football, it may be B or C. Yeah, yeah. They need to keep doing this because we he's going to get up to A division, and they're so focused on their kid getting to A because they think A is going to mean scouts yeah. and scouts yeah, is going to meet yeah, the plane, yeah. and they don't realise that actually the kid's just out there playing, playing and if yeah. he's enjoying himself and he doesn't they have any pressure happy. on them, they then happy. that's it. They that's it. Be they should be happy. Yeah. And yeah. you see, it, you yeah. Dave, you've gone up to watch a couple of the Shamrock Rovers under 15s and maybe 17s. And that's What's it like it, up there? Like, yeah. It'd be a bit intense for 90 minutes. You can see it, like because you can see some of them that are there just for sport, but you can see the majority that are there that it's it's everything. This is everything, yeah. and that has to come onto the kids. And when does the fun? Where's the fun for them? Yeah. And they're going to start falling out of love with the game before yeah. they even have a chance of making it. And then they wonder why they're back home at 18 with nothing. Yeah, yeah. But the love has gone out of the game and they're not even loving it before they even get over there because it's literally in their brain. Don't do that. You can't eat that this morning. Yeah. Don't have that sausage. No, you're... Yeah. And the rest of their family are probably eating their yeah. bit of a fry up and, yeah. no, there's your granola. And you're like, Jesus Christ, I'm 15, ma'am, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And that happens. Exactly. Get out there and start running for a half an hour and then yeah. come back and you yeah. can have something. Yeah, I suppose, look, they have to be professional and all that, but I think they have to be... Kids. They probably have to be kids as well. well. I think they have to be sat down and told, listen, it's really tough, this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, you know, give it everything. And of course you want to make it, but Absolutely. have a backup plan as well. You know I mean? so, Would it have benefited you if something was in place back then? Well, if someone had talked to me and said, well, maybe you're aware of it. Maybe you just don't want to know. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to know because you're so tunnel visioned that you can't look up, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like, when you're in that situation, it may, may, maybe it's different. But I suppose I'm, I'm looking back with all the wisdom of what's happened with with me and, for, you know, in my situation. So, But that's why I'm so proud of the university, the, the scholarship thing. And that's why, I mean, I set up the whole thing. So I, I, I'm proud of that. And, yeah. uh, well, with the help of the university, yeah, yeah, university's money. Um, but, you know, that's fantastic. Like, these guys, you see, it, you see them coming in at 18, 17, 18, after doing the leaving cert, right? They're footballers, right? In their heads, they're yeah. footballers. But then maybe within two years or 18 months, they're now going, oh no, I'm a student. I like football, I'm good at football, but I'm not going to make it. I don't think I'm going to make it. I'm not even going to go to League of I don't think I'll play for League of Ireland first team even yeah. at this stage. Yeah. But I'm getting a degree and I'm going to go on to be a teacher. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're, so they're it opens okay. up the, the, 
the realism yeah. side of things. But, like, uh, but, uh, but it doesn't take away their, uh, I suppose, it doesn't take away game, yeah. Yeah, their love yeah. of the game or even their want to play yeah, football exactly, at a high level. Exactly. They just know then if they yeah. can or they can't. But or, they have this sort of, they have their degree that they're they're focusing on. Yeah. You know, they're not just going, God, I have to make it in football, I have to go make it in football, you know, whatever. You know, they have this, oh, well, okay. And it's not a, it's a kind of a, a cushion. Yeah. Because yeah. they're saying, okay, well, I have an education now. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So, so to apply for uh, your program, when do they have to apply and what's the procedure? Or? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's it's the final day for applications tomorrow. Um, so anybody that's interested, they would tomorrow have to, being April the first, yeah, first yeah, <laughs> Sunday, yeah. But there, we you know we'll, we'll consider late, late applications, you know. Okay. But, uh, ideally, get it in before tomorrow because I do a trial. Is it online? Uh, online, Manute University okay. website, yeah. So um, if you can't find it, just maybe put in you know, search engine scholarships, uh, soccer yeah. scholarships, you know. And it's an it's an online application process. There's a link there you can click on, and they can email me on Barry uh, uh, if they want any more information brilliant um, you're over 35 now uh, Luke and United <laughs> over 35s are looking for players uh, centre forwards oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk again All right. listen thanks very much for coming in Barry it's been a, a pleasure thanks guys thanks for having me in cheers, cheers Barry cheers. thanks